Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everyone is voting for Jack. Cause he's got what all the rest lack. Everyone wants to back Jack. Jack is on the right track cause he's got... Hey guys, welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Allison, and I hope you're having a great week. I've got a couple things to chat about first, and then I'll get into questions and then the episode. So here we go. I've almost been doing this for a year now, which is nuts, and I never, ever imagined it would grow as much as it has, or in all honesty, take as much work as it does. I absolutely love it. Don't get me wrong. But I want you guys to know that starting soon, I'll be partnering with a couple brands that I love and really have made sure that you guys would love too to share products or services with you all while allowing me to continue doing the podcast and pour back into it some funds to make it grow. So a few of those will be gradually rolling out in the coming weeks. And I hope you'll take the time to check out the companies that I will be working with as they're really great and I think you'll love them too. Also, I'm now on Patreon. If you like the podcast and want to help me out by donating a few bucks every month to help me with advertising and marketing money and web and podcast hosting fees, I would appreciate it more than you know. I'll put my Patreon link in the show notes as well as my Instagram bio. I'm going to have a donate link there. And if you decide that you want to help me out, you get awesome merch to go along with whatever tier membership that you decide on. And every tier will receive a note in the mail from me. This community truly means so much to me and I'd love to continue doing this as long as possible, but I need your help. So if you'd like to become a monthly contributor to help me out, I seriously would appreciate it. This podcast will always be free though. And if you don't have the funds to donate, no worries at all. Don't worry about it. Don't even think about it. It's totally okay. Still downloading and listening and sharing helps me more than you will ever know. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you decide to support me with contributing and becoming a patron, then that's fantastic. If you decide to support me by just downloading and sharing, that's fantastic. Everything is fantastic. And I just appreciate you guys so much. All right. With all the business out of the way, let's get to some questions. Therefore, an answer to your question. First one is, do you think John Jr. and Carolyn were a good couple? This is a great question. I actually have a podcast episode a little bit back in the episodes. I don't remember what number it was, but it was it was a while ago uh, about their relationship and their marriage. And I think that they were a good match for sure. I think that they had some beautiful times probably together and they were a beautiful couple together. I think that they both had very strong personalities and dealt with things in their own ways that were hard to deal with and sometimes putting <laughs> two strong personalities with their own sets of issues or just strengths and weaknesses and whatever together is uh, a bit of an issue. So do I think they had problems in their marriage? Absolutely. That's kind of proven. Do I think that they were overall a good couple? I'd say probably so. I do think they had a lot of things that they had to deal with, though, that probably put a damper on the old relationship. Who was your favorite Kennedy sibling? I would assume this would mean of the nine of Joseph P. and Rose Kennedy's children. And I have to say Bobby. I just, Bobby is just an incredible human being and was such a light and a beacon of hope and all the things that I talked about in last week's episode. If you didn't listen, go listen. So yeah, Bobby for sure is my favorite Kennedy sibling. 
Well, let's jump into the episode. So I was thinking this week about Jack's health and how this seemingly flawless, fit, strong person was actually so ill and in so much pain for most of his life. Then I did a deep dive, like I do, looking into his medical history and wow. There was way more than I ever really added up in my head and thought about. So I'm going to discuss what I found on his medical troubles and such. I'll also insert a few clips of Jackie talking about it from the tapes with Arthur Schlesinger. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, but we're going to go with it. So my sources for today are mostly articles from The Atlantic, ABC, and New York Magazine, and PBS. Not a doctor by any means, so I'll rely on these sources heavily, as I would have no idea what certain conditions or verbiage to use without them. Here we go. Jack was unfortunately a really sick kid, and it continued all of his life. PBS says that as a child, Kennedy nearly died from scarlet fever and also had serious digestive problems, most likely spastic colitis or irritable bowel syndrome, which plagued him for the rest of his life. As a young man, he suffered from urinary tract infections, prostatesis, and a duodenal ulcer. As a child, he read all the time. It was then that he really developed that love of reading that he had his entire life because he didn't have much else to do to keep him entertained when he was laying ill in the bed, which is so sad. On top of all of that, he ended up sustaining a back injury in college at Harvard from football. So because of his injuries, he actually was rejected from joining the Army and Navy. But with Joseph P.'s help, just like in many things, he was admitted anyway. Then the PT-109 event happens. I'll be doing an entire episode on this soon, of course, but believe me when I say that it majorly furthered his back injury. He literally swam miles to find land and help while carrying with him an injured crew member by the life vest strap with his teeth. So as you can imagine, that'd be pretty tough on an already injured back. Then when he got back from the Pacific in 1944, the team at Mayo Clinic didn't recommend surgery as they thought that it may not be a herniated disc that was causing his pain, but he found doctors that decided to do surgery anyway. So as PBS says, the following year in 1944, Kennedy underwent the first of four unsuccessful back surgeries. He had three more procedures between 1954 and 1957 while he was a U.S. senator. His spinal surgeries, which included fusions of the lumbar vertebrae and the placement of metal plates, were complicated by poor wound healing, painful abscesses, and osteomyelitis, which is an infection of the bone. He was so ill at a few points during the period that his Catholic priest administered last rites. During a long period of recuperation in 1956, he wrote the Pulitzer Prize-winning book Profiles in Courage with the help of his eloquent speechwriter Theodore Sorensen. So here's a clip of Jackie talking about the surgeries with Arthur Schlesinger. I mean, the problem everyone found later, he didn't even need the operation. It was that his, he'd had a bad back since college and then the war, and he'd had a disc operation that he never needed. So all those muscles had gotten weak, had gone into spasm, and that's what was giving him pain, the muscles. And so then he'd go, I think if he went on a crutches for four days, you know, he'd get everything better. But again, that was only weakening it. And it wasn't until after his back operation that the poor doctor who'd been his medical man, Ephraim Shore, said to him, now I think uh, I am at liberty to tell you something which I wanted to tell you before, but I didn't think it was correct um, to do that to Dr. Wilson, who was the back surgeon. It always made me so mad how doctors just let people suffer and don't say anything to hurt the other eminent physician's feelings. But then Dr. Shore told him about Dr. Travell, who was a woman in New York who lived down on 16th Street and who'd been doing terrific things with muscles. And Jack went to see her. 
She put in this Novocaine for spasms where she could fix him. I mean, life just changed then. Because obviously after a year of surgery and a year out, his back was weaker than ever. Mm -hmm. If you don't think that wasn't discouraging for him to have been through that year and find his back was worse, not better. In other words, the operation of 1955 was not necessary? It was no more necessary than it is for you to have one this minute, and it was just criminal. So, not only was Jack in horrible pain, he also had Addison's disease, which was hidden for a long time, and it is an insufficiency of the adrenal glands, the organs that produce the vital hormones that help control sodium, potassium, and glucose levels in the blood and mediate the body's reactions to stress. Addison's disease patients often begin their illness by experiencing severe diarrhea, vomiting, fatigue, and low blood pressure. If left untreated, it can be life-threatening. Kennedy's doctors also thought he could have had hyperthyroidism or insufficient thyroid hormone, which can cause depression, a puffy face, a joint, and muscle pain. Also, autoimmune diseases can run in families, and it turns out Eunice Kennedy Shriver also had Addison's disease, along with John Jr. having another autoimmune condition called Graves' disease. Just a note, too, on the side. He apparently did battle venereal diseases, which, with all due respect, I can't say that one is too surprising. But with all of this, the Kennedys couldn't let anyone know that he was even a little bit less than perfect. So the family completely hid everything other than the obvious back pain so that the public wouldn't think that he was weak. Also, it's speculated that he wouldn't have even been able to be president if the public knew how ill he truly was. So I'm going to insert a clip here of Jackie hesitating to talk, even after his death, as to not make him appear weak about his stomach problems. So listen closely, and you can hear her whisper if it's okay to talk about his stomach. He had also... Stomach. Yes. He had also, uh, you know, stomach trouble, which gave him a lot of pain sometimes. Um... So it wasn't always his back. Mm-hmm. But all his family have it. It's just a Kennedy stomach. I mean, it obviously comes from nerves. Once Lyndon Johnson's team, in an attempt to overthrow Kennedy during the election of 1960, told the press that Kennedy had Addison's. So what did the Kennedys do? They lied. <laughs> they completely denied the entire thing. They even had doctors say that he was perfect and healthy in every single way, and it worked. Nixon is thought to have even tried to steal his medical records, but because they were filed under code names, his attempts were even unsuccessful. So the Kennedys really covered their bases as far as hiding it at all costs. So let's talk about medicine. Kennedy was on everything just to be able to function normally. An Atlantic article states that his doctor, Janet Travell's prescription records confirm that during his presidency, and in particular during times of stress, such as the Bay of Pigs fiasco in April 1961 and the Cuban Missile Crisis in October of 1962, Kennedy was taking an extraordinary variety of medications. Steroids for his Addison's disease, painkillers for his back, antispasmodics for his colitis, antibiotics for urinary tract infections, antihistamines for allergies, and, on at least one occasion, an antipsychotic, though only for two days, for a severe mood change that Jackie Kennedy believed had been brought on by the antihistamines. He was so dependent on and needed medication that Joseph P. even kept his meds and safety deposit boxes all across the country during campaigning so that he would never be without what he needed, and to keep them secretive as well. Also, we can't have this episode without mentioning Max Jacobson, a.k.a. Dr. Feelgood. He would give Jack, and Jackie when she asked, many highly addictive vitamin shots. I say that with quotes around it. Laced with various substances that included amphetamines and methamphetamines. 
Jack would take these for a boost before meetings or just a long day in general, so he was frequently operating under heavy drugs. These also, to him, made him feel less dependent on his crutches. JFK was quoted saying in response to criticism, I don't care if it's horse piss. It's the only thing that works. JFK sat in the famous rocking chairs and slept on a rock-hard bed to try and help pain, along with sometimes wearing a back brace. He was actually wearing one the day of the assassination, and many speculate that if he hadn't been wearing that, that after the first shot, he would have been able to bend down, but because of the brace, he was not able to. Unfortunately, his back pain made day-to-day -day things nearly impossible for him, especially when the pain was flaring up. He would have trouble playing with the kids normally or even leaning over to tie his shoes. Here's another clip of Jackie talking about this. What, uh, when you went to Hyannisport or Newport or uh, Palm Beach, mm. where, he, where, he, where the, he'd have more time with the children, it was, of course, he couldn't lift them or play with them himself, could he, with the back? Well, he really, uh, if he was on the floor, he'd get on the floor, then he could really roll around with them. Mm -hmm. And he used to, he could lift Caroline up, and uh, at least there's a, he used to throw around an awful lot before we got to the White House. Because I'm in no way a medical professional, I unfortunately can't say what treatments or surgeries would be helpful for JFK if he had been treated with modern medicine. But I have to assume, at least with his bag and our medical advancements since then, treatment and healing would have been more effective than it was done for him at that time. So I just want you to take a second and think about all of this. Just one of these ailments would be enough to keep someone down. And he didn't let on to any of it. I mean, the man had his last rites read multiple times over his lifetime. It's just wild to think of the strength and tenacity he had, the grit and the determination. I hate how much pain and suffering he endured. And I'm so thankful for his service to our country despite the suffering happening behind the scenes of his daily life. So that is my short summary of JFK's health. I hope you learned something new. Of course, go research this on your own. It's very fascinating to read and learn what all these things are in depth. It's, it's crazy. It really is. Don't forget to check that Patreon link in my show notes, as well as my recommendations and my merch website. If you like the podcast, please leave it a positive review and rate five stars. And I will talk to you guys next week. Come on and vote for Kennedy. Vote for Kennedy. Keep America strong. Kennedy, he just keeps rolling up. Kennedy, he just keeps rolling up. Kennedy, he just keeps rolling along. Vote for Kennedy. Hello, and welcome to Guilty Greeny. I feel like we should start off this show by saying it's nearly impossible to be 100% sustainable given the current world we live in. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Not a great analogy for a vegetarian, but say, you know. We're talking uh, about sustainability, <laughs> maybe not the best analogy. Don't eat the elephant is the first rule of the guilty green. There's your first challenge of the week. <laughs> Avoid elephants. What they used to call frugal is now considered sustainable. That's such an aha moment. Frugal to sustainable. You can save money and help the planet. That's going to be our new tagline for sure. Yeah, tag. You can find Guilty Greenie on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast platform you prefer. And join us in tackling the Guilty Greenie challenges. Until then, stay curiously green.